Welcome to the Bethel Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time in God's Word. We hope that today's message blesses you and lifts you. Human, human history was changed as the church began. The thing that you and I are a part of today began back then. And the world has never been the same since that day in Acts chapter 2. Christians began to be the guiding force in government. Years later, Constantine Christianized the world. He began to make made Christianity the, the, the main uh, faith in, in the Roman world. Holidays began, our holidays, the way we sp- spend our, our free time, Christmas and Easter came as a result of the, of the Christian faith that began that particular day, the church that began that particular day, literature, the greatest work that's ever been put out, the Bible, was produced through this church, through this transformation. Most read, most produced, most distributed book in the history of mankind, never as culture been changed like it was in Acts chapter 2, the most recognized symbol in the world today in any country, in any nation, in any continent of the world is the cross. And this thing that we are part of, it started, and this thing that we're a part of needs to have another transformation today. I'm telling you tonight, we need another Acts chapter 2 in America today. You say, well, why is it? Why would you say that? It's because we're Pentecostal? Not necessarily, but let me, see, let me tell you something. I love being Pentecostal. I am proud to be Pentecostal. Matter of fact, I like to tell people just to mess them up sometimes that I'm Pentecostal and I speak with other tongues. But you don't understand, I wasn't raised in this. I was raised in a break-off of the Church of Christ called the Disciples of Christ. The difference was we had an organ. And they were people that loved God, they loved each other, they were giving people, and they were good to me. It's the church I made my commitment to Christ, but something happened when I went to an Acts chapter 2 church. Something happened when I went to a Spirit-filled church. Something happened when I went to a Pentecostal church. They loved God, they loved each other, they gave to people, they were good to me. People made commitments to Christ, but there was a distinctive difference in that church and every other one I'd ever been attended. Because I felt God in a way that I'd never felt Him before. I experienced God in a way that I never experienced Him before. I witnessed the moving and the operation of God's Spirit like I'd never had before. And 30 years later, 25 years later, I still want more of what I felt in that church many, many years ago. It's not because I'm Pentecostal that I say Acts 2 is what we need. Some would say it's because you speak with other tongues. If you want to start a fight among Christian people, bring up the topic of tongues. Not a fight, just a, a spirited debate. I love and have had friends. Many of my friends have been Baptist. Just, that's just how God's brought them about. They're good people and they love God. And the conversations that we have about tongues is very spirited when the topic of tongues comes up. And I've wrestled with this. Let me be honest with you. I've wrestled with tongues because sometimes to me it seems like it's illogical. It's something you just say or something that you don't understand. 
But there's a reason why I practice speaking in other tongues. And it's because it was the practice in the early church. It started at Acts chapter 2. It continued to Acts chapter 3 and 4. It went through Acts chapter 10 and 10 and 15. And it ended at the very end of the book that people had the habit of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave, gave, gave utterance. The entire chapter is devoted in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 14, to the speaking of tongues, how it's supposed to be used. One of the nine gifts of the Spirit is, is speaking with other tongues. It's been a help to many, many people throughout the ages, and it's been a help to me. Because there was times I did not know how to pray. I did not know how to put into words what I was trying to communicate and tell God that I was really asking for. And Romans 8 tells me that the Holy Spirit helps us when in our infirmities. Because we don't know how to pray as we should, but the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. There are times when I don't know what to pray and I can't pray in English. And the Holy Spirit begins to pray through me with groans and utterances and tongues that I can't understand. But they're understood perfectly before the throne of heaven. I may not understand it, you may not understand it, but God Almighty knows exactly what's needed in that moment as He listens to those words and He begins to move on my behalf. Move on your behalf. When I can't find the right words to pray, I pray in tongues as, the, as Romans chapter 8 says. Another reason why we need this transformation is because Jesus said it will be a sign to all those believe, any believers in the house. Anybody believe in Jesus? Anybody believe He died on a cross for your sins? Anybody believe that He rose from the dead? Anybody believe He's coming back soon? Anybody believe that He still is alive and well, seated at the right hand of God, making intercession for me and you? I think if you're a believer and I a believer, we ought to listen to Mark chapter 16, 17. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. And those aren't my words of Muhammad. Those aren't the words of a president. Those aren't my words. Those are the words of Jesus. He declares that speaking in other tongues is going to be a sign of them that believe in him. And I'll say to any believer in Jesus, Catholic, Baptist, non-denominational, I'll say the same thing. <clears throat> and I think if you're a believer in Jesus, then you should ask the Lord, you could speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And I'll say this as I learned this, and as I saw this, I realized I couldn't get away from it. It's one of two things when you come into a Pentecostal church. If you can't beat them, <laughs> you got to join them. And I believe that's true for every single believer. It also says, some of you say this, and I, heard, I had friends say this, my, my friends that would debate with me, they'd say, well, it also says they'll take up snakes and it won't hurt them. They said, are you going to start being a snake handler? And I said, no, I'm not. Um, I, I don't think that I, this is not my, my thing to go out and pick up snakes. But I believe this, if it came to the point to where I had to pick one up and it bit me, then the Lord would protect me from it. And that's straight from the book of Acts as well. But my experience doesn't dictate my faith. Jesus' words do. Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. I want you to picture this in your mind. Go back to the time when Jesus was just about to be resurrected. He leaves this earth. He ascends into the heaven. He takes his place on the throne right next to the Father. 
And he takes his place as King of kings and Lord of lords. And everybody who sits on a throne makes executive orders, don't they? Once you, that, what, what gives you the authority to make those orders is that you, the throne that you sit on. And, and sitting on a throne and been given authority and power, Jesus made an executive order. And the very first executive order he made was to send the Holy Spirit down to the church, to start the church. It set off a chain reaction. He said this, look, if I don't go away and sit on the throne, then I can't send the Holy Spirit to you. And before he did anything else, before he ever sent out a missionary, before he, before he built the church, before he did anything, his first act as, as the new um, uh, authority in heaven was to send the power of the Holy Spirit upon you and for me. And for me. He said, oh, it's expedient for you that I go away. If I don't go away, the comforter will not come. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So Acts 2 came straight from the mind of Jesus. It's his thoughts. It was, it was how he had decided to be because he knew there had to be something to kickstart the church. There had to be something to make a transformation in the world. Thousands of years had been in, in, in play, and there had to be something that would turn the tide in the world of that particular day. It's the same thing that we need in, in the day in which we live, something to turn the tide of the culture we, we, we live in. We've noticed that money can't turn the tide. We know personality can't turn the tide. We even know that there are those who claim many things, that they have many authorities and powers to change the tide, turn the tide. But the only thing that will turn the tide is when Acts chapter 2 comes back alive and well in 2021. It's why we can say that the world needs an Acts transformation. And probably up to this point, many of you agree with me. We need a move of God. We do. Something has to change. Something has to turn. And I hate to be a negative Nancy because there's those that always think that, you know, doesn't matter what's happening, that there's always the, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a silver lining, and I agree with that. And I would never want you to tell God that I don't feel like he's done anything up to this point. But the one thing I do know, looking at the culture, what we live in, we need to change. Something's got to give. Now, we talked about faith this morning. In the words that Jesus said about prayer, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it and it'll be yours. And so faith is critical to seeing a transformation of God take place. And what we said this morning is faith believes that you already got it. Faith believes that you already got it. Now, I'd use a little story of the little girl. This morning I said she got a blue dress. I'm going to say she gets a red dress. Little girl's daddy on Monday tells her on Friday, we're going to go get you a, a new dress. The little girl in her mind, that dress is already hers because daddy doesn't tell lies. So she tells her mom, I'm going to wear the red dress on Sunday. Mama says, what red dress? The one daddy's going to buy me. Tells her little friends. She says, look, I'm going to wear the new red dress to church on Sunday. And they're going, what red dress? She says, the dress that my daddy's going to buy me. So that little girl's exercising faith. That she's going to get something before it ever shows up. So I guess my, 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 my thought behind this, when it comes to a move of the Holy Ghost, we've got to go ahead and tell God we've already got it. It's already ours. Oh, we hadn't maybe taken possession of it, but the moving and the power that we need to make a transformation is already in this world today. Somebody has to take authority and access it. Somebody has to believe God that it's alive and well today. 
Instead of saying God can do it, or God may do it, or God will do it, or God must do it, somebody has to say it's already done. It's already here. Let me tell you the truth of the matter, how we can say this for sure. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. My question to you is, where is He right now? Now, some of you are going to really think that, that I'm being, um, I may be unkind, but I'm really not. There's a song that we sing that I think is not true. And it goes something like this. Send Him on down. Send Him on down. Lord, let the Holy Ghost come on down. Try it again. Send him on down, send him on down, Lord, let the Holy Ghost come on down. Now, I'm going to sing that song, if Matt, if you sing that song, I'm going to sing it with you as loud as I can. But that illustrates to me that the Holy Spirit is up there, and we're trying to get him down here. That tells me that he's up there waiting for somebody to say, Holy Ghost, come down. That would mean to me that... He's not where he's supposed to be. He's somewhere here he's not supposed to be, and we got to get him to come down where we are. Now, let me say this. The Holy Spirit didn't come down at Azusa Street. The Holy Spirit didn't come down at Pensacola or any other revival that we've ever seen. The first awakening, the second awakening, the Holy Spirit came down in Acts chapter 2 when Jesus said, go and tarry in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. And they did that, and there was a mighty rushing wind that came down, and the Spirit of God came down to this earth and dwells among the people in this earth. So we don't have to get Him to come down. He's already here. So if he's already here, we don't have to wait for him to come. We don't have to beg for him to come. We don't have to plead with him to come because the Holy Spirit is already here. Psalm chapter 106, verse 12. I'm going to read this to you real slow because I believe this is what we, what we can do tonight. Then believe they his words, so they sang his praise. If he's already here, we can go ahead and just praise the Lord. If he's already here, Brother Pace, if he's already here, that he's not up there, but he's right down here moving among us. Where's the Father? Sitting on the throne. Where's Jesus? Sitting on the right hand of the throne. Where's the Holy Ghost? He's the one that's down here right now moving around and causing the purpose and plans of God to take place. So we don't have to beg the Holy Spirit to come down. He's already here. So if you, if the worshipers will come back. If he's already here and the Bible says we believed his words and we sang his praise, I guess the only thing left for us to do is just to praise and bless the name of Jesus. The only thing left for us to do is just praise the Lord that he's already sent the power of the Holy Spirit. Will somebody believe God with me today? Would you stand? And would you just prepare your heart to sing and bless the name of Jesus? And thank God that the Spirit of God's already here because the transformation that needs to take place by the power of the Holy Ghost is already here today. Somebody just has to praise the Lord and access it. Somebody just has to believe it. Somebody has, just has to act upon it. Somebody has to do something to allow God to, to, for the Holy Ghost to move among us. And my friend, that's me and that's you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we need a fresh filling of the Holy Ghost. Each one of us needs a fresh filling 
of the Holy Ghost. It's not an archaic, outdated thing. It's not a 1900s thing. It's a book of Acts thing. And if but Jesus told them, each one of them, to go and wait for the promise of the Father, that they could be baptized with the Holy Spirit, that they could be supercharged to go and lead the charge of the church into the, 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 20, the, the, the beginning turn of the, of the age, then, Lord, we can do the exact same thing in 2021. But the first thing that we can start to do is to be baptized and filled again with the Holy Ghost. And I pray tonight that you, in the, in the, as we begin to sing and worship God, that you'll stir the hearts of people. And they'll say, God, fill me again. God, fill me afresh. This world's in need of a transformation, and it's going to start right here with me. A transformation of the power of God, a transformation of the Spirit of God. And I pray, God, that you'll do it, and it'll spill over into the world in which we live. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, right where you are, I want you to ask God. Say, God, tonight, transformation needs to take place. Would you feel me? Would you feel me? Would you feel me? Right now, go ahead and ask him. Don't, you don't have to wait on me. Go ahead and say, God, in the name of Jesus. So what does that mean? What's going to happen? That means he's going to fill you with power again, a fresh infilling, that you can be the transformation this world's looking for. That you can be the transformation this world's looking for. You said, oh, he, he gave to, came to give us, he died, he sent the Holy Ghost so we could speak in tongues. He sent the Holy Ghost so you could have power to be a transformation in this world. Thank you, mighty God. Come on, ask him right now in Jesus' name. Come on, ask him right now. Fill me fresh, God. I need power, God. This world is depending upon somebody could be transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody needs to be changed by, the, by Acts chapter 2 right here. Start right here with me, God. In the name of Jesus. 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 Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it challenges you to dig deeper into the Word of God and grow your faith. If you would like to reach out to us, please visit our website at www.mybethel.net. Thank you.